Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. With the simplest of language, the Apostle John expresses some of the most profound thought in all of Scripture. Though he begins his gospel with the identical language as Genesis, in the beginning, the thought he goes on to develop is, in a sense, much more profound. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then later in chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. What a divine and mystical utterance! Yet its meaning and application to us is full of practical significance. For it is as the Word that He brings God as life to us and transfers us out of darkness and into the light. Bob Danker has joined us for our third program in this new Life Study of John. Bob, it is a treat to be able to record these messages again and hear Brother Lee, uh, and it's also a treat to be back together serving with you. I, I have looked forward to this. Yeah, me too, Chris. Uh, what we, we have here is, uh, as you said, the simplest of language, but the profoundest of thought in John's writings. And uh, uh, the way he begins his epistle with uh, the word in the beginning and then the Word becoming flesh to bring God into man and ultimately to bring God into us as life. This is marvelous. It really is. In our first couple of programs, of course, we had this overview um, highlighting the matters of life and building. We'll see those again today. Uh, also, a kind of an introduction to John's uh, writings and their position, their place, or their their status in uh, the divine revelation. And we saw that John's ministry, we, just briefly in our program, our last one, uh, could be described as a mending ministry, which we'll get into in the first section today. But maybe just give our listeners an idea of what we're talking about when we say the mending ministry of John. Yes, Chris. Uh, actually, John's ministry occurred let's say, 20, 25 years after Paul and yeah. Peter had finished their ministry. And um, even by the time of the, uh, the ending of Paul's and Peter's ministry, the church, which had been uh, formed in such a fresh way on the day of Pentecost, uh, had gone through quite a lot of, uh, of experiences during those, um, extra, uh, this, those next 30 or so years Actually, the church was always, uh, while it was going on, under the pure teaching of the apostles, it was also subject to the invasion of other kinds of teaching and right. other kinds of thought, right. uh, some from Judaism, some from the secular side. And this kind of thought, you could say, invaded the church, and it was uh, damaged. Uh, we can even see it in Paul's epistles, his latest epistles, First and Second Timothy and Titus, 
that this damage was going on even while Paul was completing his course. And then again, 20, 25 years later, John comes on the scene, and in the book of Revelation, uh, in the very uh, first few chapters, we can see the condition of the church at John's time. So there was a need to mend. Something had been uh, established in the beginning, but it had been um, damaged or hurt. And so John came along, the Lord raised up John, actually, to bring uh, things back to the beginning, to mend what had been broken. Excellent introduction, Bob. Why don't we join Wittensley with this first portion of our life study. John is a simple and brief record, language-wise. But actually, it is the most profound book in the Bible. Here is an example. The first clause of the whole book, in the beginning was the word. Language-wise, this clause is too simple, too brave. In the beginning was the word. But when you get into it, no one can get to the bottom. Do you really understand what is the beginning? How beginning is the beginning. In the beginning. Who was the beginning? It's really hard to say. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning. So, you have two books, Genesis and John, starting with the same phrase. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the word. The same phrase in English, but the meaning is absolutely different. The same phrase denotes two different kinds of times. The phrase in the beginning, in Genesis, denotes the beginning of time. Because there it says, in the beginning God created. That is the beginning in time for God's creation. But the phrase in the beginning in John 1 1 is different in meaning. Here in John 1 1, the beginning refers to the eternity in the past without a beginning. The beginning in Genesis 1 starts from the foundation of the world. But the beginning in John 1 1 is before the foundation of the world. In other words, Genesis beginning is the beginning of the time. And John's beginning is the beginning before the matter of time. It was the eternity in the past without a beginning. Bob, just to, to review a bit more from our previous program, uh, Peter is introduced to us as a fisherman. We see him fishing late in the Gospels and, uh, of course, in his ministry. He was a very effective fisherman, wasn't he? Bringing in thousands, really. John's introduction to us is not as a fisherman, but he's in the boat mending a net when the Lord calls him. Very significant, isn't it? And we see this as an integral 
key part of his ministry throughout his uh, the rest of his life. That's right. John is a mender and uh, mending the holes in the net, you might say. And the church uh, had many holes uh, put into it by all the different kinds of thoughts, concepts, opinions, uh, religious uh, teachings, and so forth, even philosophical kinds of concepts that came in. And we can see this in the New Testament. As we read the epistles, we can see this kind of process going on whereby these various kinds of thoughts are coming in to distract, mainly to distract the believers away from this one central thing that Witness Lee mentions at the end of this section, that is life. Life, What the church needs is life. The church is the body of Christ. What it needs is the life of Christ. It needs Christ as its life. And, And this is the central revelation of the entire scriptures that God wants to be man's life so that man as a collective unit can be an organism with God as his life to express God in a corporate way. Well, the different kinds of teaching and doctrines and concepts and opinions that invaded the church distracted the believers and carried them away Mm. from the central matter of life. And as a result, the church was greatly damaged, um, even with division. Uh, came in eventually to damage the church and and scatter the saints into different schools yeah, of right. say theology or or uh, you know kind of thought uh, philosophy even uh, to carry them away from Christ as life and John's mending ministry is to bring the believers back to this central matter of life. And uh, one of the uh, witness Lee mentioned what the biggest hole is in mm-hmm. the net, so to speak, and that is that some did not believe that Jesus was God Himself incarnated to be a man. Mm-hmm. And John's ministry is very, very strong in this matter. Right. That the only way to have life is to believe in the Lord Jesus as the Son of God, that he is the very God who was incarnated to be a man. You can imagine what damage would be caused by the thought that Jesus is not God, that he is a man, uh, but he is not God himself. There's no way for us to have life except by believing in the Lord Jesus. Life is in the Son of God. We must receive this one in order to have life. I was impressed he he was talking about if you match up your reading of Scripture with the reading of church history, you can see, as you said, I think about 90 or something A.D. by the time John finished his ministry, nearly the end of the first century, these things had crept in to damage, to rent, to, you know, tear holes in the gospel and in the church. And his ministry at that time was to mend. But... Over the ages, if we continue to read church history right up to today, we continue to see the net still needs mending, doesn't it? And uh, this ministry of John's in its essence, bringing us back to life, will have the same mending effect today, won't it, as it did in the first century? Absolutely, Chris. What we all need is just to be brought back to Christ as our life. Then all uh, the problems among the believers will be solved, all the holes will be filled, and we'll have the church again in, in, its, uh, in the way that God intended it to be. Stay on this theme concerning life um, for this next section. Chapter 1, verse 4 says, Simply in him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. What is the meaning of the word here? It simply means the definition, the explanation, and the expression of God. God is mysterious. God is a mystery. <laughs> the best way for you to be mysterious is to be silent. God is a mystery, but Christ is the word of God. And this word defines God, explains God, and expresses God. So this word is the definition of God, and the explanation of God, also the expression of God. So eventually, this word was God. Many of you young people, when you stay away from your parents, you always receive some loving letters from your father or your mother. The letters from your parents are the word from your father or mother. But the letter from your father is the word of your father coming to you. But that word, when it comes to you, it can never be with your father. But Christ, as the word of God, is different. Never consider that this word is separate from God. No, this word is with God. When the word comes, God comes. When the word is here, God is here. The word is with God. Have you got it? This is why we need another clause to tell us and the word was God. The word was with God because the word was God. Bob, I don't know if there's another book in scripture that so perfectly blends uh, this profound and mystical aspect yet with a practical, a real, uh, tangible almost handle on how to appropriate these great things. I mean, uh, him him being life in himself is life in him was life has a a bit of an abstract quality to it yet when we see the whole thought developed it's our salvation isn't it it is chris uh the beginning of this gospel is truly wonderful because in the first two verses john refers to the beginning which is uh, eternity before time yeah in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god then uh, this one was in the beginning with God. Then in verse 3, he says, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, not one thing came into being which has come into being. What is this? This is a reference to creation. Right, Genesis 1.1. Genesis 1.1. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So here, uh, Christ is the uh, the means or the active instrument through which all the creation came into existence. And then in verse 4, he says, In him, that is in the word, was life. And the life was the light of men. Here, men is brought in. Man is, of course, a part of God's creation. So uh, life is in the word. And the word in the eternity in the past before time began was with God and was God himself. In this one is life, 
but it is of no consequence uh, to us if uh, he is life if 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 we don't exist so in order to re- in order to uh, have someone to receive him as life to enjoy him as life and then to express him as life yeah, he yeah. had to create he created the heavens the earth and eventually he created man and as uh, witnessly so well put it the heavens are for the earth why yeah. do the heavens exist they exist for the earth what is the earth for it's for man and man who lives on the earth was created by God with a spirit so that man could receive God as his life. Man could receive this one who is the word in whom is life. So this one wants to be life to man. This is his heart desire. This is his eternal intention that he would enter into man to be man's life. He uh, referred there, as you just uh, pointed out, to this really landmark verse that's probably not that well known among most uh, Christians in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah 12.1. He mentioned the reference, but I, I just want to bring it up again. I just encourage our listeners to get into this verse. I'll read it quickly. Thus declares Jehovah, who stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Uh, it's kind of a diagram almost of God's thought and purpose in his creative work, isn't it? It is. The heavens, the earth, and the spirit of man. As a receptacle that a we receiver. can receive this one who is life. Wonderful. Tremendous. Bob, uh, you you mentioned in your uh, portion just now the matter of expression. I think we'll see that thought developed in our concluding word today. Here's Witness Lee for our last section. The creation came into being through the word. Verse 3. It says all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being which has come into being. What does this mean? This simply means all the created things were of no existence. Nothing existed there. But one day, through the word, so many things came into being. So many things not being came into being. In God's creation, just speaking. Let there be light. Light is here. Let there be the heavens. The heavens were there. Let there be the earth, the earth was there, came into being. Do you believe this? The atheist would say, nonsense talk. Why do they say nonsense? Because they don't believe in God. But we believe in God. We do not only believe in God, we also believe in the all-inclusive Christ. All the things not being came into being just through the word. Even today, in the new creation, the principle is the same. Wonderful word. I tell you, wonderful word. Through the word. As long as you have the word, I tell you, everything's here. Not being has been. This should strengthen and confirm our faith. Don't say, I'm so weak. The more you say, you are weak, you are awake. Because you say it. Don't say, you know, we don't have the wisdom. So, the more you say, you don't have it. You just don't have it. 
That is a lie. Don't you have the word? Say it. Amen. As long as you have the word, you have to say, I have the wisdom through the word. Amen. And you get it. Not being through the word has been. I have nothing by myself, but I have everything to the world. Yeah. How about this? Yeah. Well, this is creation. What is creation? Creation is just a calling. Calling not being as being. Calling not being as being through the world. This is God's creation. Bob, we began on a profound note. I think we end on one that's equally profound. This matter of the believers being God's multiplication. I can imagine it's a kind of a grating sound to some people to think of it in that way. But we have a good uh, precedent, even in later on in the Gospel of John, don't we, in chapter 12, when it said that the Lord, as the grain of wheat, fell into the ground, that he might produce many grains. That's clearly a picture of multiplication, isn't it? It really is, Chris. Uh, In that picture in John 12, we have Christ as the one grain. That means he is God in humanity as a grain of wheat. And this one fell into the ground by being crucified. And in resurrection, he was multiplied to be many grains. Of course, all the many grains are we, his believers. In John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, it refers to it says, as many as received him, right. that is, received the word, who was incarnated to live among men and to die for men and to resurrect, to enter into men. If we receive this one, we have the authority to become the children of God. And uh, these who have such authority are born of God. They are actually regenerated, generated by the very life of God that is in the Word. If we receive the Word, who is Christ himself, we receive life because life is in the Word. Right. And immediately, as Witness Lee pointed out, this life begins to shine in us. The life is the light of men. But the, uh, the revelation here is that all those who receive this one, who is the Word, with life in him, they have an authority, the authority yeah. Yeah. of life. They are actually possess the very life of God, and as such, they are the children of God. They are, in a very real sense, the multiplication of God. Of course, by uh, speaking in this way, we don't mean that God in his Godhead, uh, as the unique deity, is multiplied and becomes many deities. No, but God in humanity, God in his Son, has been multiplied in many children, many sons of God. Today, God has not only one son, he has millions of sons. And his purpose and goal in begetting so many children, so many sons as his multiplication is to have a corporate expression of himself. And of course, everything that God is, is in his life. When we receive the life of God, we receive all that God is. And by the growth of this life in us, and by our living, our human life, by this divine life, we can express him. 
several years ago, there was um, a very popular phrase floating around among Christians generally, what would Jesus do? And it conveyed this thought that, that uh, our task as, as the children of God, as believers, as Christians, is to replicate or imitate what we think Jesus would do in a given situation. But you don't hear it so much anymore, and I'm somewhat thankful for that because the only way we can possibly express God is by receiving and living out his very life. Absolutely right, Chris. If we don't have the life of God, we cannot be the expression of God. At the very most, as you mentioned, we can be only an imitation. And if you've ever tried to imitate the Lord Jesus, you realize what a poor imitation we are. (laughs) Sadly, I think we've all tried. We've all tried. And we, we, if we're honest, we have to admit we have failed. But he succeeded in uh, sowing this life uh, into so many grains. But now, as you alluded to, the only begotten Son of God has become the firstborn Son of God in resurrection with many brothers. Tremendous, Bob. Glad to have you back uh, on this life study adventure as we re-travel the roads of Gospel of John. And we'll be doing this for some time, and I hope you'll come back very soon. Well, I look forward to that, Chris. We'd like to, as we always do, invite you to contact us by telephone. You can do it toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And we'd like to invite you to visit our website, www.lsm. Dot org, dot org. That's our program for today. We hope you'll come back and join us next time. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.